Good afternoon and welcome to the channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. An interesting type of market trade today to say the least, especially if you happen to not really take, pay close attention to the livestock side of it. Uh, things exploded in the cattle side to the upside. Still saw some negativity on the hog trade, but over on the grain side, it was higher on the corn, lower on the beans, and on the wheat complex. There's a lot of factors that are being weighed into this market. We've got a WASI report, harvest pressure that's going on, uh, weather issues in South America, and then, of course, the global unrest that still continues today. So we're going to take a look at all of this, how it's all factoring into the trade as we have joining us is Darren Fessler. Darren, of course, with Lakefront Futures. And I wanted to start out, are we seeing kind of a war premium being talked about in these grain markets as they look at the big picture of what's happening globally and the uncertainty of what's going on right now? We could. Um, I don't think it's at the forefront of traders' minds of putting premium in because of war. I think that if if there was a, a war-like premium put on, it's 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 more related to I think the Black Sea issues, um, which seems like it's been at least headline-wise been kind of pushed to the side here since this last weekend uh, as we focus more on the, the more of the Middle East. But you look at. The, the overall price structure here, especially on the corn today, holding up extremely well. I was a little bit shocked. And me and another broker were talking, and we were kind of shocked about, boy, corn corn is really maintaining some strength here when when beans and wheat were just continuing to make new lows here. Uh, but but at the end of the day here, I think that this is a market that is definitely pre-positioned ahead of tomorrow's numbers, where I do think that we're going to probably see the USDA leave or maybe even raise that corn yield. I, I do think you're just listening to producers that this corn yield is there. Um, I'm not in the camp that this this bean yield is, though. I, I think that we're coming in under uh, under uh, 50 bushel tomorrow. But where I think that gets offset is I do think because of the issues we've seen over the last few weeks with the low water levels in the Mississippi, I do think that that's going to hammer some of that optimism on what those bean exports may be. So I think, again, lower bean yield gets offset by that lower export number. And again, obviously the exports have been very slow in the corn as well. Again, you, you got a dynamic here in the wheat market that we, with HRW, not competitive in the world market, but at SRW is, and you continue to make new lows here but again i think that is something that is is ukraine russia flooding the world with cheaper wheat we just can't get that uh, ball rolling here for that hrw market sadly so good to know that the premium is not there when it comes to to the war talk that we're hearing and so many other avenues of it let's talk about this wasi report for tomorrow we're going to see some some build up in the overnight into the day trade I think it's, overall it's going to be very quiet leading up to that number here. I think a lot of the prepositioning has probably already have taken place here. But what the market is looking for, we're looking about corn production, a little over 15 billion yield coming in here about 173 and a half. Now on the bean side, we're looking at a, a production number that's slightly above 4.1 billion with yield slightly below 50 at 49.9. At least that's what the trade estimate is looking for. So again, when we come off of those quarterly stocks that we've seen at the end of September, those are going to be factored into this number here. So that leaves ending stocks on beans for the 23-24 coming in about 236 million. Corn, obviously, we're going to be watching that very closely because if you look at 
the stocks use ratio on corn relative to where we have historically been on price, we have been a lot lower than this 484.90 level. But the trade is looking for 2.14 billion on that carryout. So anything above that number, any type of yield increases, again, I do think the market is going to react negatively to that. Again, speaking about the war premium, we're watching crude oil very, very closely here. That D's contract down over 2% here today. Now keep in mind as well, I mean, since Basically, two weeks ago, when crude oil hit above $95 a barrel, this market is off about $13, dollars $13. So it doesn't seem like that war premium is, is definitely not in the forefront of traders' minds here this morning. But, again, if you look at the, the inflationary data, we had PPI data that came in just a little bit hotter than expected, CPI data tomorrow as well. So the equity markets are trading a little bit higher on that. I think that's where the, a lot of the traders' focus is right now. What's this? What does the inflationary numbers say? And then, obviously, see what the Fed does at the start of the new calendar, or excuse me, in November 1st. They, they Obviously, we're going to have that rate decision. Fed minutes out today sounds like they're going to probably raise another quarter percent. And that should come as no surprise because they kind of hinted about it the last time they met. Yeah, they did hint about it. And you with the higher um, expectation on those the inflationary numbers, the, the better than expected jobs data, yeah, they're definitely a catalyst to raise another quarter. All right, what are we looking at from a, from a wheat complex? I mean, we got some rain that's moving in, and it's going to be here over the next couple of days. Good news, maybe, for this winter wheat that's already been put in the ground. Oh, certainly is. I mean, you look at the planting progress that came out yesterday, came out on Tuesday, obviously because of the holiday on Monday. Winter wheat's about 57% planted, about 4% ahead of last year, um, pretty much in line with the five-year. But in general here, yes, this is probably going to be very beneficial here. We need to get some of these rains, not just for the, the HRW market, that you know, these areas that kind of finished the year kind of on a dry note and really hot, and we need these rains, obviously, to move and, and get down to the Mississippi as well. So wide range would would be a nice thing right now, to be honest with you. Very not for some guys in South Dakota, North Dakota, that kind of want to get this crop out. But in general, the, the rain's going to be very, very welcome here. But it, it's can we get the, the market to start moving higher for the HRW? And again, I, I've been, this whole theme of mine is as goes wheat, as goes corn. I, I think that's the general theme here. If we can get if we get wheat to, to maybe get off the floor a little bit, I think it's going to be very encouraging for corn regardless of how uh, maybe bearish these fundamentals are in corn. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of the channel, Final Bell. I'm curious about the, the export side of it. We'll take a look at that as to what we see. And, you know, China has continued to be looking at South America. When are we going to start to see a turn and maybe a bit of possibility coming towards the U.S.? We'll also take a look at what's happening in this livestock market, a very interesting cattle trade today. Tight on cattle numbers. What does that mean going into the near future? A lot's coming up. Stick around. More is around the corner. It's the channel final bell on the World Radio Network. KRVN. Welcome back to the channel final bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation this afternoon, it's with Darren Fessler. Darren, of course, with Lakefront Futures. And as we take a look at uh, the export side of the trade, as we wrap up the grain side, um, that still haven't heard a lot out of China. What's your thoughts? What's it going to take? And is our dollar helping to keep them away as well? Well, I definitely think the dollar's hindering some things here. Um, but when we look at you know the two-year, 10-year to 30-year, uh, at least not today anyway, but you, you, over the general sense here, we've seen bonds start to 
decreased yields go higher here. I, I think that the, when, you, when you look at the international community, I think that some of them are definitely getting concerned about our debt levels, the ability to service that devil, death, uh, debt levels here. You know, if you look at the year-over-year uh, interest debt that we're, we're accumulating here, we're going to be paying about a billion dollars or trillion dollars. I mean, we're throwing numbers out anymore. It's crazy. A trillion dollars in interest. Uh, just to fee, you know, pay our debt. So again, I think there's concern there. Uh, that's definitely going to hammer that dollar, I think, in time. But yes, I think that is, is keeping China at bay. But not not only that, but I, I do think that if you look at the the shipping container rates, the freight rates, they've absolutely collapsed to China. So I, I think when you look at the economics of China, they're trying to spur that growth, trying to get that economy back on track. And I think that that's maybe hindering some of the optimism that we're seeing and maybe some of these bean and corn exports as well. But when, when we look at tomorrow's number here, I, I definitely think we're not going to see a whole lot of bright things about that corn demand. I don't really think the USC is going to move the needle a whole lot on, on corn demand at all. There's really no need to right now. Uh, we need to be moving corn, though, right now to, to really shore up our balance sheet. Uh, it sounds as though Brazil is off to a good start it, with their planting of their bean crop, which is not going to probably have a whole lot of problems planting that safrina as well so now's the time for the u.s to get that business and not just corn business but we also need that bean business as well so uh, both of those kind of slow at the moment here the thing that's the, the glimmer of hope i think that for the at least the bean market our, our bean stocks use ratio we're basically 5.2 percent it's the lowest we've been since 2011 2012 year so any sort of hiccups given that brazil is 40 percent of the world's bean production I think that this market, given how beat down it is, is definitely uh, prone to some opportunistic opportunities to the upside here, especially for producers who have made advanced sales. If you're 70, 60, you know, 60 70, 80 percent sold here, I think now's the time to maybe step in here and be a little bit more optimistic on these beans. All right, let's switch gears and look at the livestock side. And wow, this cattle market today was outstanding. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you, you look at the December fats here. We bounced right off that mid-August trend line. We actually traded below it here, and it kind of felt, you know, in, earlier in the session, it felt like this market was going to give way, like give way to the bearer selling here. And all of a sudden, it snapped back feeders fats right back to the 9 and 20-day EMAs. So, again, a solid trade here, but the concern I have, is the five to nine day moving averages are both below i'm talking december fast i'm talking november feeders they're both below that 20 days so the momentum here very short term is still bearish here now i, I definitely do think that there is some fundamentally bullish stuff remaining here in this cattle i think the overhead lingering dark shadow for the overall uh, cattle complex is definitely the u.s economy it's definitely the u.s consumer and the consumer's feeling this inflationary pressure there's no question about it you can see the debt levels not only on consumer debt credit card debt it's all starting to pile up here again i do think that the the bullish fundamental side of this is simply the the number of cattle i don't personally believe are there i think that's what you're probably seeing that big push with packers here today and and this talk of the tight supplies and higher cash numbers moving in, it's it's nice to see once again, even if it's for a short amount of time, because we don't know the duration, to see that cattle run behind the driver's seat on this. 
Yes, as long as long as we can hold some of these trend lines, some of these higher volume levels to the downside, which we did today in those D spats, I think that can you know gather some momentum here. Now that we've tested on on December fats here, we've tested this trend line in October about four or five times now had failed to close below it here. I think that's a warning sign to some of the bears here. Again, I think the Packers definitely wanting some cattle and they're wanting it now. I think that's why they're giving the premium. They're pushing cattle here. But even on the, the feeders, I mean, if you go out to the Novembers here, uh, a solid day, we continue to hold that high volume level from July and August and even October that we've created so far, right around that one, that 250 level. The, the biggest thing tomorrow on both of these things can we get back above the 20 on december fast can we get back above the nine day on november feeders if we can do that and muster some wins here i think cattle can snap back at least 50 percent from these recent retracements all right good stuff today what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you they can reach me directly at 312-858-3668 or you can find me on uh, x or twitter at ddf alpha all right, that is today's Channel Final Bell being brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional. And as always, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.